When you need milk for Zoe and a cold brew for yourself, Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery time's not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com slash boost. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to get a hold of me, it's very simple. The same email address I've had for the last 28 years, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And if you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, just visit us at www.xzbn.net. And we're coming to you tonight around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. My guest this hour is Corinne Zupko. Uh, she is the author of From Anxiety to Love. As a licensed counselor and keynote speaker, she has helped thousands of individuals uh, through her one-on-one -on -one counseling, weekly med mediation classes for corporations, and the largest virtual conferences of ACIM in the world through the organization Miracle Share International, which she co-founded. She lives in New Jersey, and her website is www.fromanxietytolove.com. And Corinne, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for our time together today. Well, we're really happy that you're with us. Uh, tell me, what, what was it that inspired you to write From Anxiety to Love? Well, like many people in our world today, I was plagued by anxiety for many, many years. And I actually like to joke around that I was born with anxiety. And it's not really a joke, I guess, because you could say I was sort of primed um, genetically mm -hmm. because anxiety and mental health issues run in my family. But I 
had always struggled with fears and phobias. And then in college, things got really bad. I started struggling with anxiety and panic attacks. And eventually, through time and through my recovery, because I went through another really bad episode of anxiety in 2009, I started writing down, as my anxiety started falling away, I started writing down what was helping me. Mm -hmm. And the result is my book, From Anxiety to Love. Now, you say that even though your anxiety journey was one of the most terrifying experiences of your life, it has become your greatest teacher. How is that? Anxiety is painful. It's really, really painful. For anybody who's ever had a panic attack, Mm -hmm. you know that it's just so hard to describe it to someone who has never had that. And so there were times when I thought I would just never feel normal again. I spent a lot of time just wishing the anxiety would go away. I'd, I'd like wish as hard as I could for it to go away. But that attitude changed nothing. If anything, it was like I was fueling the anxiety with my my desire to mm-hmm. make it go away. So I instead started to meet the anxiety in a little bit of a different manner. I started to accept that it was here. And rather than see it as like the worst thing in my life, I started seeing it as my teacher. And so anxiety really showed me that my thought system, my thoughts were largely fearful thoughts. I had a thought system that was sort of based on fear and it empowered me to seek a new thought system and the thought system, the spiritual pathway that really clicked for me. We all have to find a pathway that clicks for us. But for me, it happened to be this spiritual pathway called A Course in Miracles. So the anxiety was such a catalyst, such a motivator for me to dive deep into developing a spiritual side of myself that it ultimately pushed me to dive in so deeply that I could open up my mind and start to experience um, miracles and, and feelings that actually, wait a second, this isn't all there is. You know, what I see with my eyes, there's actually something much greater happening. And so it really, really helped me come to remember love again, as the title of my book implies. How would you best describe anxiety? So I would say that anxiety exists on a continuum. Mm -hmm. I think all of us have some anxiety in some areas of our lives. It might be on the low end of the continuum. So we might just struggle with, you know, every everyday fears or worries that might come and go and, you know, pop up again here and there. But if you think about a continuum, as you go up the continuum, the anxiety can get worse and worse. And at the high end of the continuum are where the anxiety disorders are. And so the experience of anxiety can be like a racing heart, um, lots of feelings of overwhelming fear, dread, terror inside, just that something terrible is going to happen or fears that you're going to die. So it's a very physical response to, um, sometimes to things that have actually happened, but oftentimes it, like in my case, it was things that were mostly happening in my head. (laughs) Well, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned through your journey with anxiety then? The biggest lesson that I've learned is that my small sense of self. So this identity as Corinne, as I like to say, sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll talk about myself in the third person. I like to think about this isn't really who I am. Of course, it's who I am here right now and I'm experiencing, you know, myself, but 
what I really like to think about is that we are eternal and whole and happiness is our birthright. And so anxiety has really taught me that we're not separate from one, from one another. We're not separate from divine love. And so we're never alone. And as we open up, like the title of my book implies from anxiety to love, as we open up to a new way of perceiving through love, as we open up to an experience of love that's beyond ourselves, mm-hmm. anxiety can't exist in that space. It has to fall away. There can't be fear in perfect love. So that's one thing that I've learned. Another really important lesson that I've learned from my anxiety is that it's really just one of two voices in my mind. And it can, can take many different forms, but the, there's the voice of fear, which is the voice of anxiety, but there's also this voice of love. And I can choose in any given moment which voice I want to listen to. Is there a difference between anxiety and stress? I think so. You know, stress, I I don't have anxiety anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't have that, you know, overwhelming terror that something bad is going to happen. I don't obsess anymore that like a physical symptom means that I'm dying of a terrible disease. Stress is a stress response that, you know, creates that fight or flight experience that we can, we can have stress when we have a ton of things on our plate, but it, it, stress can be a gateway to anxiety. So I kind of see more of stress in general as a little bit on the lower Mm -hmm. end of the continuum. If stress builds and doesn't, you know, if we we're not able to process through it, it can spin into anxiety, and it did for you know um, for me. But I do see it as different. And I'm sure in today's society, with all the all the pressures that people face, not only in in the workplace but in their day to day lives, anxiety must be quite common. I, it is. I mean, you know, turn on the TV and there's a million reasons to be anxious. I think that it is a, I, I heard somebody say that, um, I don't remember who said this, but that anxiety is the new depression. So rather than wow. everybody feeling depressed, now we're all feeling very anxious because there's so much happening in our world. So I do think it's very, very common. There's mm-hmm. a statistic that 40 million Americans struggle with anxiety disorders, but to be honest with you, I actually think that that's an underestimate. I think the number is actually probably much greater. I agree with you there. I certainly do. And I'm, you know, with the amount of negativity and the amount of media that we're all confronted with each and every day, there's no wonder people are more, are suffering from more anxiety today than they were 10, 15, or even five years ago. Absolutely. There's, there's so many things happening. There's so many unknowns. Mm-hmm. That and you know something can happen on the other side of the world that yeah. we hear about through social media or through Facebook or yeah. through the news or through radio, and we can get anxious about something that actually isn't even in our present experience. So our connectedness through the internet is wonderful, but it can also this is kind of the downside yeah. is that we can then have that stress response around things that you know actually aren't even in our moment to moment experience. To every pro, there's a con. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, Corinne, please stand by. You and I have to take our first break for this hour. Exonation. Nation, our guest this hour is Corinne Zupko, and she's the author of From Anxiety to Love, her website, www.fromanxietytolove.com. That's www.fromanxietytolove.com. 
Com. And uh, Corinne and I will be back after the short break. But before we go to the break, just remember that the X Chronicles newspaper is available still online at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com and that the X Zone the X Zone TV channel, sorry about that, the X Zone TV channel is also now available exclusively on Simul TV around the world. This is the X Zone. I am Rob McConnell, and Corinne Zufko and I will be back continuing our conversation on her new book entitled From Anxiety to Love after these short breaks from our fine advertiser, sponsors, and affiliates. Whatever you do, don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV. Plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more does this sound like tomorrow's television well it is but you can have it today right now it is simul tv simul tv offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like x-zone sci-fi and horror we are worldwide no other provider offers that 500 built-in video games no need to have an extra expensive system we have them included free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. 
To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. My guest this hour, Exonation, is the author of a book that if you have anxiety or if you know anyone who has anxiety, this book will be a definite help to them. The name of the book is From Anxiety to Love, written by a young lady by the name of Corinne Supko, who is our guest this hour. And Corinne, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Corinne, you say that inner peace is not an event. It's a process. Can you explain that for us? Absolutely. I think that we like to in our culture nowadays, just do and achieve and get something right away. And it's important that we remember that inner peace happens gradually. It doesn't just get obtained and then we keep it forever. It's like layers. So if we think about one of the, the images that I really like using is the image of an onion. And if you think about, you know, just how an onion has many, many layers mm -hmm. to it and in the spiritual pathway that I write about in my book, you can actually think about love, our awareness of divine love being at the center of this onion. And all those layers on top of the center are layers of fear. So they're layers that we've sort of laid upon our awareness of love. You know, the million and one reasons why we should be anxious, all the things happening in the world, beliefs and thoughts that tell us that we're separate from one another. All these are layers. And as we peel back each layer, you can imagine that it takes time to, to peel back, you know, one layer at a time. So when we are working these steps that I talk about in the book or any other healing process, it's always important to remember that when anxiety comes up again, you know, if we feel better, but it comes up again, it's important that we not see it as a setback, but instead just another opportunity to grow. It's another layer of the onion that's coming up so we can heal it, so we can release it, and we can you know, get deeper and deeper, releasing more layers and getting to the love that's at the center. I know, I'm sure that there have been folks who have had a spiritual awakening and found inner peace forever. <laughs> but I don't really know any of those people. And it wasn't that way for me. For me, it was this gradual undoing, this gentle shedding of these layers of fear. And as I got closer and closer to that center, um, you know, that that's where the peace started becoming more and more consistent. So I think it's really important that we mm -hmm. remember that this work is a process. It doesn't just happen with a flip of a switch and suddenly, you know, we're never experiencing anxiety again. I really believe that's a problem with today's society because everyone expects that no matter what the problem is, there's an instant fix for it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why, why, yeah. you know, are medications and pills such a problem nowadays? Not only are they overprescribed, but mm -hmm. we're overusing them because we want that quick fix. We want that instant um, relief. And we're not necessarily motivated to do the work that can get us to that place of peace without the pill because we don't, you know, want to take our time. We just want that quick fix. So yeah. it is so important that we are gentle with ourselves and kind to ourselves and really get into this mindset that this is a journey. Anything worthwhile is a journey. Yeah. I've yes. seen this throughout my life, Corinne. Um, you know, the, the, an old saying my mother had 
no pain, no pain, no gain. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and and I've seen it throughout my life that what some people would call failures, I simply looked at as a lesson to success. Yes, yes, I so resonate with yeah. that. There's always two ways that we can look at things, mm-hmm. or more than two ways. And we can either, it's, it's just like, you know, the, the glass half full or glass yeah, exactly. empty. And, and if we're going to look at something as a failure, then of course it's going to be a downer. But if we look mm-hmm. at it as a learning opportunity, you know, and, and op, an opportunity to take that next step and, and rise up and try again, then that's beautiful. It becomes a wonderful, wonderful experience. I'm glad you're, you're out there telling the masses about this because so many people, we're not, they're not taught this anymore. Right. And they have no concept about this. And uh, thank you for writing your book. Your perspective on healing from anxiety is chiefly inspired by A Course in Miracles. Can you explain to us what A Course in Miracles is for those who may not know? Sure. So A Course in Miracles is a book, and it's a book that you can find anywhere, Mm -hmm. online or in bookstores. And it is... I was just speaking at a conference in San Francisco, and one of the speakers, one of my fellow speakers, said that A Course in Miracles, although it's a book, it's really more like a portal. And I was like, that's kind of cool, because it is teaching us a new thought system that's based on love rather than our usual thought system, which is based on fear. So it is a way to help us wake up to our eternal reality to the fact that we are all connected to the fact that love is what we are made of. And it teaches us that we are actually something greater than these little bodies, than these, you know, another spiritual teacher calls this your clay garment that we're wearing right now. So it's profoundly psychological because it works with our thoughts. It's also very spiritual, as I'm sure you can gather from what I've said about it so far. And the book itself is divided into three parts. There's a textbook, a workbook, which has a lesson for every day of the year. So there's 365 lessons. And then the back part of the book is a manual for teachers. And I actually always recommend that folks start with the manual for teachers because we are all teachers and learners. There's not a difference. We're all always teaching and learning. And it's written in a format that's much more understandable than the very dense and theoretical text. So I once had somebody say, oh, I'm an English major, you know, I'll be fine with the text because they were just getting into it. And then probably a day later, they came back to me and they were like, forget the English major thing. I have no idea what this is talking about. So the Manual for Teachers is a a great way to begin. And of course, there's lots of study groups. I have a study group. There's a lot of support online for helping to learn what the message of the course is about, including including my book. Yeah, my wife calls our non-spiritual body our meat suit. I love that. That's funny. That is funny. That's very true. (laughs) Isn't it? Uh, Can you describe for our listeners what a miracle is? And and can anyone out there experience a miracle? For sure. So miracles, when we hear that word, our first thought is typically that big, you know, poof. It's like something manifesting out of thin air. That's not what I'm talking about. Miracles, we can think of them in one of two ways. We can think about miracles as internal, meaning a miracle is a shift in perception. So it's when we open our minds to saying, okay, maybe there's another way of seeing this. And our perception shifts 
from a fearful perception to a loving perception. So that's how we can think of an internal miracle. An external miracle is an expression of love. So when we are kind to one another, when we express love to one another, you know, when we, when we take that moment just to appreciate, when we express love, those are miracles. And A Course in Miracles actually says that miracles are natural. When they do not occur, something has gone wrong. And you can think about that. What's gone wrong is that we've just started listening to the voice of fear again. When we're not expressing love, we've just started, you know, slipping down this, this path of listening to that fearful voice again. So miracles often result in a restored sense of peace. That was my experience very much. They often restore our sense of something greater than ourselves. And however you conceptualize that, you know, some people might have issue with the word God or spirit, call it nature, call it your intuition, whatever you want. It's, it's our connectedness is something greater than us. And miracles can help us tap into that. What do who, what, or who is the inner therapist? So in my book, I use this term inner therapist and this is based on the teachings of A Course in Miracles because The Course in Miracles teaches that with these two thought systems in our mind, we have this you know, fearful thought system, which is called the ego thought system, and we have this loving thought system. A Course in Miracles calls this loving thought system your inner teacher. You can think about it as your higher mind. A Course in Miracles also calls it your, the Holy Spirit. It's the part of our mind that has not forgotten love. And I call this part of your mind your inner therapist because it heals. It is healing. It's not separate from us. So that is one thing that we must keep in mind, that it's nothing outside of us. It's in us. And as we turn to this part of our mind, this part of our mind remembers love. It remembers our source. It remembers truth. And so we can ask this part of our mind for these shifts, for these experiences of love. You know, so many people throughout the years have especially our great musicians, our poets, our philosophers, have basically said from the very first, all you need is love. Love makes the world go round. And yet, we never caught on to their message because it is so simple. And we as a society of of humans, we, we, we complicate things. When we look at life in general, life is simple. We complicate it, and I think this is the major problem we have done with, with love or the inner being is that because the concept and the reality of the emotion is so simple that as humans we see, nah, this, that can't be right. It's mm. too simple, and I think that if we got back to simplicity that this will be a better world, and I think you're on the right track. I think that what you said is beautiful. I agree with every word. All right, please stand by, my dear. You and I have to take our break at the bottom of the hour for the news. And Dexon Nation, our guest this hour is Corinne Zupko. She is the author of From Anxiety to Love, and her website is fromanxietytolove.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. We'll both be back after this break. Don't go away.
our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State certified occupational school training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments enabling international participation and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back, everyone. Corinne Zupko is our special guest. She's the author of From Anxiety to Love. And Corinne's website is www.fromanxietytolove.com. We've been talking about love, anxiety, and spirituality has come up. Do you have to believe in God to be spiritual, to utilize the inner therapist? Or does that depend on every person's individualistic look and belief in spirituality? Great question. So 
I feel that to work with your inner therapist, that it's not necessary to consider yourself spiritual or Mm -hmm. to believe in God and to sort of explain this a little bit more. I make it super clear in my book that when I talk about God, I'm actually not referring to a dude who's sitting upstairs, you know, with a white beard and like a long staff orchestrating things down here. (laughs) But instead, when I talk about God, I'm referring to an all-encompassing love that Mm -hmm. permeates everything, everything we see. So it's really easy for us to get stuck on semantics when really it's the meaning behind the words that matter. So I believe that we can come up with many different terms to describe the same thing. So it's important that we find the terminology that we're comfortable with. So whatever your belief system is, use a word to fit into your comfort level. So some secular words might include, you know, your intuition that you Mm -hmm. can turn to your wise mind, um, love, or even just a gut feeling. It's just sometimes that gut feeling where we just know something and some spiritual words. If you don't like the word God, oneness, the universe, your highest self, any of those, any of those can work. So it's really just semantics in my opinion. Now you say that in order to wake up from the nightmare of anxiety, we first have to recognize that it is a nightmare. Can you explain that? Absolutely. We can get actually kind of comfortable in our discomfort. We can sometimes, without realizing it, be getting positive benefits out of our negative states. And so it's really important that we look at the benefits that we might be getting out of our negative states. We have to recognize that our negative states actually don't make us happy. And even if there are benefits that we're getting from them, we can get those needs met in a different way. So we have to really get clear that fear and anxiety and judgment actually doesn't make us feel good. Um, you know, a lot of times it's easier to blame rather than to take responsibility. It can be easier to complain rather than to take some kind of action. So it's really important that we make that decision of, I don't want this anymore and I'm going to do whatever it takes to find my way out. And that was my case with what drove me to find another way until I found something that relieved the pain that was happening constantly in my head. <laughs> you know, as, as a former police officer, when we would go to domestic calls, this would be the biggest problem. The mother knew she was in a bad situation. She knew what was going to happen. She knew the problems surrounding the situation, what the trigger points are, cause and effect within the relationship. But there was the fear of the unknown that kept her in this Mm. bad situation. Yeah. You know, I think that fear of the unknown gets Mm -hmm. all of us in ways that do not serve us because sometimes like you're right, the, the known just seems like we can, even though it's not good that we can just deal with it and it's, it's somehow better than the unknown, but we have to all come to that point of like, you know, enough, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I am worth, I am worth something better. Once again, why are so many people unaware of the fact that they are worth being loved? Oh, (laughs) I wish I had an easy answer to that question. I think that, you know, from 
the perspective that I talk about in my book, Mm -hmm. if it's true that we all have this fearful thought system in our minds and the loving thought system, the fearful thought system just takes hold. It's louder than the loving thought system. It's very compelling, you know, and it's very like if we spoke to other people how we speak to ourselves, we wouldn't have any friends. <laughs> if, if, you know, some <laughs> of the things that we tell ourselves yeah. that we said to others, you know, people would not put up with it. And so the problem is, though, that we, we believe what we tell ourselves. We believe that this fearful voice is accurate and it's not. It just is really loud <laughs> and it can come up with 10,000 examples as to why it's right. But those examples usually aren't, there's another way to see every single one of those examples. So here again, we have to decide that, you know, I I don't want this anymore. I'm willing. Willingness is everything. I believe that willingness is the precursor for change. So if we feel that we are not worthy of love, can you just be willing to be open to the fact that maybe you are? Another section in your book is called, and I love it, Down the Ego Rabbit Hole. How do you define ego? So the ego is that voice of fear in Mm -hmm. our minds. It's this belief that we are a small self, and it's that same voice that we just talked about that tells us that we're all alone, that we're separate from one another, that we're vulnerable, that we're no good, that we're not worthy of love. That's that's really the ego is the part of our mind that believes that we are limited to a body and to a world that often makes no sense. So um, I know ego has been defined differently at yeah. times, but this is how I conceptualize it from A Course in Miracles and in my book. All right. So how can someone who is new to this work begin to distinguish between the voice of the ego and the voice of the inner therapist? Great question. So this can be challenging at first because as I said already, that voice of the ego is really loud. It's full of judgment and it likes to tell you that, you know, there are things wrong with you. (laughs) And because it's so loud, we tend to believe it. The voice of the inner therapist is totally different. It's actually quieter. It's more still. It's more calm it's wholly loving and it only sees your light. It reminds you that you are made of peace and joy and love. And so because it's a quieter voice, it's easily drowned out by the ego voice. So by the way, it might not be like a voice. I use the word voice, but it's really like a feeling. It's that feeling of calmness or of peace or of love in your gut or elsewhere in your body. And one of the ways that I just like to help folks distinguish between these two voices. If you think about a radio station, you're not going to get mad. If you go to a country radio station, you're not going to get mad at it that it's not playing hip hop. You're just going to change the channel, right? Yes, you're just going to go to a different channel. That's right. So the voice of the ego is on one channel. It's usually in our heads. It's usually our thoughts. The voice of the inner therapist is on a different channel. You're probably going to experience it somewhere else in your body. So when you're looking for guidance or wanting to connect with this part of your higher mind, drop into that part of your body where you might feel, you know, that sort of intuitive connection. It might be your gut or your stomach or some people, maybe it's even like your hands or some other place in your body. So that's a great way to distinguish Fear is always of the ego, and love is that voice of the inner therapist. 
What role does um, meditation play in the healing from anxiety? As I mentioned, the voice of the inner therapist is quiet. So if we are constantly doing, 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 and talking to ourselves, talking to ourselves, talking to ourselves, and we're not slowing down, we're not getting quiet, we're maybe going to have a harder time listening to that sort of gut feeling. So meditation is so important. Getting quiet, even if it's just for a minute, this can be so beneficial. And science backs this up now. You know, there's so many scientific studies showing the benefits of one type of meditation I teach is called mindfulness meditation. This slowing down and learning how to just pay attention to our experience as it's happening. You know, our moment to moment, just simply noticing the simple act of noticing things is the definition of mindfulness from the psychologist and Ellen Langer. So meditation plays a big role in helping us heal from anxiety because it's going to help us start to slow down that hamster wheel of thoughts that we constantly have going on in our minds. The hamster wheel of thoughts. That's cute. (laughs) Um, What advice do you have to offer for those who have never meditated? Or have tried to but felt they weren't doing it right. And I hear this question all the time. How do I meditate right? So I love mindfulness meditation because I like to think of it as a type of meditation that you cannot fail at as long as you are willing to bring whatever you are experiencing into your awareness. So my first piece of advice with with mindfulness meditation, with developing a practice, is to just go do what you need to go do, like brushing your teeth, but pay attention to it. Be fully present to that experience as you brush your teeth. Taste the toothpaste, feel the toothbrush bristles on your teeth, um, rather than multitasking. So mindfulness is kind of the opposite of multitasking. We do one thing at a time. So you can start small like this where you're just simply doing an informal practice of meditation where you're cultivating this awareness while you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. That's a great way to begin. The second piece of advice is to start trying formal meditation when you're ready. All right, you and I have to take our final break for this hour. Corinne, please stand by. Exo Nation, my guest this hour, Corinne Zupko, and I will be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exo from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And Corinne is the author of From Fear, I'm sorry, From Anxiety to Love. And her website is fromanxietytolove.com. And we'll be back. Don't go away. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. 
free video on demand, live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. And whether you're a skeptic or you're a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, Monday through Friday as together we investigate the strange, the weird, the bizarre. Everything within the paranormal, parapsychology, and new age here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My guest this hour is Corinne Zupko. She's the author of From Anxiety to Love. Her website is fromanxietytolove.com. Um, you offer a simple three-step recipe for healing in your book. Can you please share it with us? Sure. So the process of healing that I offer is really simple, but like we talked about before, we tend to make things complicated. So yeah. I break these steps down further in the book, but the three simple steps, and I use these steps for everything, are number one, be willing to see your problem differently. So I said before, willingness is the precursor for change. So we need to find our willingness to see whatever our issue is, whether it's a relationship, anxiety, a conflict, we need to find our willingness to see it differently. So number one, find your willingness to see your problem differently. Number two, give your willingness over to your inner therapist and ask for the miracle instead. So again, the inner therapist is that part of our mind that remembers love. And we're asking this part of our mind to restore 
our sense of love, to restore our sense of connection with, with others and with the fact that we are something much greater than a body. And then number three is to trust that this is done. A Course in Miracles teaches that the answer is given the moment we ask for it. So if we've asked for the answer and not, we're not hearing anything, we might just not be ready yet to receive what's already been given. So that's why the trust part, this third step, that's why I break this down a little bit more in the book. But this is also where meditation can comes in, come in. So as we were talking about before, the formal practice of mindfulness might mean just sitting for a minute or 30 seconds or five minutes or 10 minutes and just bring your attention back over and over again to an anchor. That anchor might be your breath. It might be a feeling of love. It might be a mantra. It might be sounds and start to practice getting quiet as you step into this space of trust. Would you say that the ba the main objective of meditation is to pay attention to yourself? I would say, yes, the main objective of me mindfulness meditation is to pay attention to your experience. So it might be yourself, your body, your mm -hmm. feelings. It might be an experience of the breeze blowing on your skin or feeling the sunlight, you know, just, warming just greater, you. Just greater awareness. Yeah, greater awareness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We are so distracted mm -hmm. and pulled in tons of different directions that if we can say, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to choose to pay attention in this one moment. Yeah. We'll find our mind will wander again because that's just what it's going to do. It's, it's, it does that very well, <laughs> but we have to choose to not judge ourselves for having it wandered and choose instead just to bring that wandering attention back. So the practice of, of meditation mm -hmm. is about bringing that wandering attention back over and over and over again so we can have that enhanced awareness. You know, I'm a dad, I'm a granddad, and, and I love watching our children, especially the younger ones, because when, when a baby discovers their hand, you can just see them just engrossed in looking at every little aspect of their hands, their fingers, their nails. And then, my goodness, there's a sunbeam. Let's take a good look at that. Mm -hmm. So they focus on their on their surroundings. So this is, is this what we should be doing when we meditate is paying closer attention to, like you said, our breath, yes. uh, whatever, yes. whatever we can focus on. Yes. That's a perfect example. And that speaks to one of the ideas in mindfulness is having mm -hmm. this beginner's mind or child's mind yeah. of that curiosity, that wonder of appreciating, you know, a, a a blade of grass or a rock or a flower, right. these things that we just look past and tune out as adults, but paying closer attention, you know, experiencing that just like a child does yeah. is a very mindful and beautiful thing. So that was a perfect example for what we're talking about. Excellent. Do you have any advice uh, to offer anxiety sufferers when they are in the midst of a panic attack? I do. I always recommend that folks first remember that panic happens in linear time, and so it will come to an end. And another important thing to remember is that this is just really intense anxiety. You're not going crazy. You're not going crazy. That's, I think, one of the number one fears 
that folks have when they're mm-hmm. having a panic attack is that they're going crazy. And you're not. You're just having a panic attack. That's it. <laughs> and the third thing that I like to remind folks about, and anybody can benefit from this, and we can do this right now. If you're comfortable, just placing one hand on your belly okay. and the other hand on your chest. Gotcha. And just notice what hand is mostly moving. Is the breath mostly moving your top hand or is it mostly moving the bottom hand or is it some kind of combination? We as adults tend to tighten our stomachs and breathe from high up in our chest. So typically it's that upper hand that's doing most of the moving and that's a breath that's much more shallow and it's associated with stress and anxiety. Going back to talking about children, if you think of a baby they breathe with their whole belly. When they're breathing, you you can see their whole belly move as That's they right. breathe. Yeah. So if we can do that again, if we can just right now, just soften your abdominal muscles, just release any tension in your belly, any muscles that you don't need to hold yourself upright, that tiny little act changes your physiology. It might just help you feel more calm right now in the moment. And if you're having a panic attack, it might help you move through that panic attack more quickly. So awareness and simplicity. And the fact is that it's going to pass. Yes, 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 and yes. All right. What is the greatest strength that anxiety sufferers have? Oh, I love this question. Our greatest strength is that we have a very easy time recognizing even the faintest fear. We're hyper attuned to it. We, I, I can tell if I have the tiniest twinge of, uh-oh, I, I'm aware of it. Um, so although this can lead down the ego rabbit hole and getting stuck in fear when the ego is in charge, we can repurpose our fear by working with our inner therapist and use that ability to notice the fear as an asset for healing. So in other words, when we notice the fear, we can now say up and we can work those three healing steps that we talked of before. We can say up, I'm willing to see this fear differently. I'm going to hand it over and show me a different way of seeing. And and I'm going to trust that that is done. So that's how anxiety sufferers really have a great strength in being able to recognize those tiny moments of fear. Corinne, we have about two minutes left. And first of all, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us and uh, for for taking the time to write your book and to help many, many, many people who have anxiety. So for those who can't thank you, I'm thanking you for them. Thank you. And uh, my final question is to you, what do you hope most readers will take away from your book, From Anxiety to Love? My hope is that this book will reawaken and strengthen the hope and the light and the love in the reader's heart. And I hope that the reader will be motivated to work these healing principles and to know that this, there is a boundless love that exists in all of us and we can remember it. Anxiety, living an anxiety free life is possible and that we can awaken from this, this dream of fear. I like to say, that anxiety falls away as you begin to remember your true self and who we truly are cannot be hurt, cannot be sick, cannot die. And we, we, we don't walk alone. Love is always with us. It truly is. It truly is. Where can listeners get copies of your book, From Anxiety to Love, Corinne? My book, you can find it through my website, fromanxietytolove.com, or go to Amazon or any major bookseller, and you can ask for it anywhere books are sold. Do you have any more books coming out in the very near future? 
I have books in me. They're Mm -hmm. not going to be coming out of me just yet, but I will be having some online programs and a multiple week course for diving into the book with me for, you know, working the principles. Um, And there will be more books to come for sure. We'll keep our eyes out for them, Corinne. But until then, take care of yourself. Please don't be a stranger. Come back and visit us. And uh, until the next time we meet back here in the X-Zone, take care of yourself. And once again, thanks to you. And please thank Kim for helping make this uh, interview possible. Thank you so much. You take care of yourself now, young lady. You too. All right, X-Zone Nation, our guest this hour was Corinne Zupko. She is the author of From Anxiety to Love. And her website is www.fromanxietytolove.com. One of the stories that we're working on, X-Zone Nation, is that of John of God. Purportedly, this man is a miracle worker. Purportedly, he heals. Purportedly, he does a lot of strange, weird, and wonderful things. But that's where it stops. We've done an intensive background investigation, undercover investigation, into John of Love. And what we have found out is going to blow him away. People like John of Love, the only love they have is for themselves. They're the greatest actor, carny, uh, carny people that this world has ever seen. So keep your eyes on xzbn.net for when we're going to air our special, John of Love Exposed. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the x from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And for all the programming that we have available to you, 724-365 on the x Broadcast Network. Visit www.xzbn.net. I'm Rob McConnell. This is The X. We'll be back after the news. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? 
we can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.